everybody. Welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. This is our last podcast of 2022. I just want to thank you for hanging out with us this year. We got a lot of questions. We had a great fantasy football season. We got to do a ton of interviews. We have a lot of very exciting chats coming up with some experts in the new year. Uh, We'll look forward to sharing that with you once we're all back in the saddle. For now, we're just trying to answer a bunch of your questions. We had a pretty full inbox of people uh, with questions and concerns and thoughts and ideas. So Laura and I bat them around today uh, and hope that we get to yours. If we don't, feel free to send us uh, a message at any time at info at marriagetherapyradio.com or at the Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, please do that uh, because I don't know, that's a fun thing to do. Um, In the meantime, I will wish you a happy new year. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. How was your Christmas? We all know that it is not, it is December 8th right now that we are recording this episode, but it's going to come out after Christmas. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, mine was (gasps) nice. Thank you. Oh, um, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm so excited. You know, I love to cook. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a prime rib for the very first time. And one of my thoughts about (laughs) this cracks me up. This is maybe the, the reason why I thought I was something on the Enneagram is not only do I want to make a prime rib, but then I'm like, Hey, you know what I'll do? We're members of the club. The club has a restaurant. They have prime rib Wednesdays. Why don't I contact them? And I ask if I can hang out in their kitchen and watch them prepare their prime rib so I can get a tutorial on how to do it before Christmas dinner. I love it. But that's not where Laura Heck ends. Then my mind goes to, wow, wouldn't it be a great promotional thing for the club if I recorded this and it was sort of like a cooking show about how to prepare your prime rib and then it would get pushed through all their social media and it'd just be a really great way to engage with their audience. I can't just decide that I'm going to figure out how to cook a prime rib from looking at a, you know, it just like goes and goes and goes next thing, next thing. So just wait, I will let you know. So what, how to cook did, what did they say? Did you ask rib. them? Cause I bet they said no. No, they're going to say yes. Oh, they're going okay. to. Good for I'm going to make great. it happen. Phew. I'm sure they don't have any insurance concerns about you just standing around with a video camera while you're trying to. Oh, I think it is such a great idea. It is My a great husband idea. is so beloved in, in like he could do no wrong. I think it's a great club. idea. So having me engage, they'll be like, we didn't know he had a wife. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't know that I had a husband either. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's always here. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's how Christmas was. We're going to, uh, I hope Christmas was amazing. Ask me again, uh, because we're going home for the first time. Uh, we're going to Virginia for like a week. And I have a question for you. Yeah. This is your question that you developed. Okay. But if you're on your flight home mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Virginia mm-hmm. and you're you're looking over at your wife and you're like, man, that was amazing. Yeah. What is the thing? What's the story you're going to tell people? Yeah. When I ask you on the podcast, how was your Christmas? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it is a great question. Um, and I thank you for asking it. I think for me, it has something, a, a lot to do with rest and connection. I have planned a lot of things cause I want to see people and I want to do things and I want to hang out and I want to avoid certain pitfalls. So I've, I've, I've put the guardrails up to make sure that we are not going to fall into some like predictable traps, but I really also just want to rest and feel like, uh, my family was cared for. And that includes me caring for my family, but also my family caring for me. So it's, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I like it. 
And well, it's because it's your question. Well, no, I like that you asked me that. It's like, I was like, oh yeah, I think I need to answer my own question sometimes. Uh Um, and it feels good that, that, and I think, you know, this episode is coming out like right before the end of the year. Um, I think it's a good question to ask right now about next year. Like if Mm -hmm. you guys get to the end Mm -hmm. of next year, what has happened for you? What does 2023 represent? Yours is like your 2022 was competition or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. it was. And I've, I, this is the first year that I think I've actually stuck to because people make resolutions, yeah. but you, you said, just pick one word yeah. that is going to represent what your intention a is. Or a focus, and, yeah. Right. And I stuck with it and I, I totally have, which I, I don't think I ever shared with you. I went down to Tucson to do my bike race. Mm-hmm. I think it's remember me? Tucson. Yeah. It is not Tucson. That's how it's spelled. It's Tucson. I know I'm hilarious. So it's a century bike ride. I went down there to compete and I didn't tell you how it went. How did it go? I, I finished 44 miles, something like that. Of, of a hundred. Oh, of a hundred. How do you feel? I did not finish the race. Uh Oh, so I, did I, did I not tell you about this? No, we haven't talked about it because we haven't talked about it for like a whole month. Yeah, I know. So, um, I went to compete. This is a, but something that I is re- like, I did not really train for this. I got my new bike, um, when- at the, at the beginning of fall. Yeah. It's an amazing bike. It is like, you got fitted so for cool. It's an electronics, uh, shifter. Do you know what that is? Sure. Yeah. So like if I don't charge my bike up, then I can't shift. Mm. And then, and anyway, mm. that wasn't the problem. The problem is that somewhere, um, on the race about mile 20, I was like, man, I'm really uncomfortable. My saddle, mm. my seat is really uncomfortable, my butt. Mm. And I've never had this feeling before. And I kept thinking, you know, this is an amateur move. A lot of people say that if they haven't been riding a long time, they get chafy and mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. This was not chafing. Mm. This was sharp pains mm. in my lady parts, mm. like where my body meets the seat. There were sharp pains. And I got to the point where I would exactly. could, like I was standing up while riding. And I kept thinking to myself, how long can I sustain this? And is it worth it? Because I have more training that I need to do right after this race. I I go actually into like my Ironman training. Mm -hmm. And so contacted my husband, texted him, said, I don't know what's going on. Something's happening. My seat, blah, blah, blah. So he says, I'm going to come and get you. And so we agreed. Great. Come and get me at this checkoff mark point, whatever. I did the majority of my climbing and then he picked me up. So I felt great. It was a good ride. Get home. My buddy who finished the fastest he has ever done a century and he's been riding. I think we decided with his cumulative number of hours on the bike, he has ridden around the world like seven times. So he has a lot of miles and awareness. He looks at my bike immediately and my seat is tilted up. And I don't know if you know that, but that's like not a a good situation. Yeah not helpful. He was able to eyeball it. And I don't know. I mean, it's an amateur move. I was like, I don't know what my seat was supposed to look like. This is just how I got my bike. Uh, Um, so somewhere in transportation, it got tilted up. I was riding on what they call soft tissue, which is a really nice way of saying I was riding on my labia. mm -hmm. So, um, it's a really good thing that I pulled out because that could have caused some significant damage pain. I know bummed out, but yes, uh, I needed to talk about myself for a second. That was a solid four minutes of me talking about myself and my bike ride. But yes, this was the year of competition yeah. in case you were wondering how we got on this subject. Um, thinking about 
your buddy and him riding around the world and the fact that you did 44 miles, you said? Yeah. Do you know this? If you draw a line with a pencil, how long do you think that line will go? Like if you just draw a line with a yeah. pencil until you run out of lead. Until I run out? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. This is a fun question, though. <laughs> um, am, are we talking like distance? Yeah. 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 Um, it's 35 miles. Like there's no reason okay. to know that. But <laughs> isn't that crazy? Why do you know it? Why do you know it? Because I read dumb trivia all the time. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, all right. But that's, you but know what? I was thinking about, Someone I wonder, has... I, what is the number? Like, I think, I think it's 30. So, but you did, you rode longer than a pencil. Okay. So you've got that. Uh, you, there that we go. A new story. Here, here. I rode about yeah. 10 miles longer than a pencil, than a number two pencil. <laughs> it was the longest bike ride I had ever ridden. So that was important, yeah, no, but it was also the most uncomfortable bike ride. I'd you know, ever here's had. an interesting question um, about that. Cause I rode the STP twice at Seattle to Portland. Um, the first time I rode STP, my body was in 200 miles terrific FYI. shape. My body was yeah. in incredible shape, but my brain was not. I did uh -huh. not know. How, how, how far things were. I did not know where the hills were. I did not know what, you know, what the length, I didn't know how long it took to ride a hundred. Like I didn't know. And I was mm -hmm. distressed quite a bit. Then two years later, I rode it again and my body was not in great shape, but my brain knew exactly what to expect. It, it posed this question for me, like, which one would you rather have ready to go your mind yeah. or your body? So it's different for, um, every athlete for me, it's my brain. Mm -hmm. My brain is always going to fail. Yeah. I'm in, I'm so much stronger than what I know I am capable of. And I think most people's bodies are stronger than what they're capable of, what they know they're capable of. So I would rather have my brain yeah. be tuned up yeah. than my body. Anyway, I think it's an interesting question. Yeah. Okay, guys, I think I'm really starting to nail down my word for the year. How do we feel about purge? I am simplifying my life and bringing back intention to even the smallest moments. And the first thing to go are all of those forgotten subscriptions that are silently draining my bank account. Did you know that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they have forgotten about? Well, not me and not this year. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Simplify, purge, and save. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash marriage therapy. That's rocketmoney.com slash marriage therapy. Okay, so it's the end of the year. We have a fat mailbox. Like we have yes, a lot of uh -huh. uh, incoming questions. We've narrowed it down to three that feel, uh, you know, uh, weighty enough that maybe we have something to say. We're saving the sex questions for our sex bird that's coming Well, we on. saved them. We saved them. It's in the past. That's right. Whatever. <laughs> the timing of weird time come is out so when weird. we're recording. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, we're just going to tackle some mailbox questions and mm -hmm. uh, in mailbag questions and then, uh, you know, wish you a happy new year and then we'll get, and we'll lean into next year with some new stuff. Zach and Laura back at it in 2023. Um, <laughs> the podcast that just doesn't quit. Yeah, it's, it's, it wants to die, but it's not going to. It doesn't want to die. It's, it's no. Uh, I'm asked us a question. Oh, you're going to name him? Uh, don't we? Didn't you, doesn't your email say, Hey. By the way, yeah, you're getting, I tell them we're going to keep it anonymous. Oh. We won't say their name. Okay. 
So you so just say it's back from up, an anonymous. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> so the first question is from a guy who Chad. Chad is from a guy who is a longtime listener, first time caller. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wants to know about how to manage a condition in his marriage that I, I'm seeing a lot more. Uh, and it's basically ADHD. It's the impact of ADHD mm-hmm. on a relationship. We talked to a guy, his name's Ari Tuckman. We talked to him maybe a year ago. Episode year 98. Ago. Yeah. Um, Episode 98 to go back and listen for all of you. And he has a book about ADHD after dark. Um, but yeah, what do you know? What do you know about ADHD? Do you have ADHD? No, thank you for asking. Yeah. Do you think I do? I don't. I mean, I think we all have attention deficit. Um, I think that's real. And I think part of that is being exploited by the fact that we live in a world right now that wants us to consume information in, you know, bite-sized chunks without really diving deep into anything. I think that's different. 100%. I think that's different yes. than ADHD. Um, right. Like nature versus nurture there. Yeah. Like to me, what you were just describing is we have this, this um, environment that is nurturing us into uh, an ADHD brain yeah. or an in- inability to focus and dive deep. I think what's, I think what's shifting is there's a conversation around attention deficit disorder that is emerging and normalizing and making it more public and more acceptable that it used mm-hmm. to just be, you're kind of annoying or you're kind of forgetful or you're kind of like, uh-huh. uh, come on, man, pull it together. And now all of that has a name mm-hmm. and a diagnosis and, you know, treatment process. And, and yet it still wreaks havoc on the relationship. And so, totally. um, I guess I'm wondering what your thoughts are. I, I might have a few because mm. when that is true, that there's a diagnosis that's wreaking havoc on the relationship, it does call for a different style of, I think, being in, in a couplehood. Yeah. I th- the first thing that comes to mind is when you recognize that something inside of you is impacting your partner or your relationship in a negative way, it needs to be addressed. It, mm-hmm. it, you cannot ignore it. So the fact that he is saying, here's this thing, and I don't know if he was recently diagnosed, but here's this thing. It's impacting my wife. My wife is saying this is really frustrating. Then cool. That's a really great thing to start with is talking about what is it that we're actually talking yeah. about. The heart um, of his question is, do you have any suggestions on how to handle myself better? Um, mm. And, you know, to your point, I think the first thing is to learn as much as you can yes. about ADHD. Um, yeah. And don't even, you don't even have to be, it doesn't have to be clinical. There are, I know, I know for a fact, there are entire corners of TikTok, for example, that are dedicated to educating and helping people manage Mm. ADHD. Like there are entire corners of TikTok dedicated to everything. But like, if you were like, Hey, I don't know what to do. There are tons of people out there who are providing context and education and tools, um, Part of that will normalize your experience, but also anytime you get smarter about what's going on, you, mm-hmm. you're more equipped to handle it. Um, uh, I think as the partner, uh, if, if my husband came to me and said, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD or I'm pretty sure I'm depressed or I'm pretty sure I have some childhood trauma that I haven't worked through. Um, I'm going to read the books. I'm going to see a therapist. I'm going to listen to the podcast. I'm going to subscribe to these people on Instagram. I'm going to immerse myself in understanding what that is for me, or I have diabetes. I need to understand how this is impacting my life. Cancer, alcoholism, glaucoma, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. 
anything, I would, as his partner, go, hell yeah, Mm. that is so awesome. Mm -hmm. The frustrating part that I hear so many people come into my office with is, my partner's really struggling and I'm the only one talking Mm -hmm. about it and I'm the only one seeing it and they're doing nothing about it. That to me is step number one, the biggest flag to fly, spend your energy doing is dive into your Mm -hmm. own self and how to manage it. I love it. Again, I would say step number two is uh, for couples that are listening or for couples that are struggling with uh, external uh, pressure on the relationship is to commit somehow to uniting against the diagnosis. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that is really critical because if it's, Hey man, go get your ADHD under control and then come back and we can talk. That's Mm -hmm. really different than, Hey, what systems do we need to put in place to manage some of this, you know, the symptoms, the symptoms of this thing, you know, which you would do if it was cancer. Hey, we're going to change our menu. Hey, we're going to change our, you know, sleep patterns. Hey, we're going to change our, you know, commitment to getting into the hospital from time to time, you know? And you would do it if your partner came to you and said, I am a, I have a troubled relationship with alcohol. I'm going to go out, go to the program. I'm going to do the steps. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read the books. I'm going to do all of this. And then they come back home and you're not going to be serving, you know, wine at dinner. You're not going to have open bottles of vodka in your fridge. Like you would change the system in the household to be able to help your partner adjust to life as they're managing. Yeah, you might. I mean, uh, there's there's definitely a, an emotional toll that these kinds of things take, but but solve the solvable problems. Mm-hmm. Take care of the things that you can take care of so that you have bandwidth to do the emotional part. I mean, e- honestly, even if your partner had arthritis, you know, <laughs> degenerative severe arthritis in your knees and your bedroom was upstairs, like that would take a toll on the relationship, but we can solve the solvable problems. We can say, no, we're going to sleep downstairs for a while. or oh, We're, we're gonna, converting the living room into a bedroom. We're going to do wax baths or something. Like, So I'm not proposing that it's not a wax big deal. Wax bath? Do, Is that a thing? Uh, it's more like for your fingers. I don't think you would get into oh, okay. a, a bath of wax, but you would yeah. <laughs> put your fingers in a wax bath that would soothe your fingers, you know? Yeah. I, have you ever done that? I know you like love a good pedicure. Have you done I the, love a the good wax? Pedicure. I know we've done them together. Yeah. 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 I've got you one right now. You want to see chair. it? Yeah. What color did you do? What color do you think? Clear. Nope. You did clear the last time we were together. Hold on. Green. You guys, green and red. They look like. <laughs> oh my God. I love our friendship. Oh, man. It's, That's awesome. It's you Christmas. have beautiful toes it's right Christmas. now. Uh, I did it specifically to drive my girls crazy because I don't, yeah. I'm not barefoot anywhere but in my house. So. My girls are like, that is so awful. It is so awful, dad. It's yeah. so terrible. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, have a holly it, jolly. <laughs> um, okay. So which was last week, of course. Right. No. <laughs> okay. December, so I hope right? that's helpful to you. Um, even Hold if it's on, not but I need to have a question. Okay. If, are, are you asking, because you said, come together, work as a team to protect the relationship against this thing Mm -hmm. that is working to cause stress or Mm -hmm. wreak havoc on the relationship. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that you would say to this gentleman, I think it's really important that your wife do her own research and pick up a book or watch the podcast or listen. Is it her responsibility to educate herself on his diagnosis, his thing, or is it his job to say, Hey, I want to share some things that I know about myself and what I've learned about myself. 
I like Who's that burdened? question because I, I like questions that I don't know the answer to. It's making me think. Yeah. I don't like the way you phrased the question. So that's a part right. of it, which is, no, it's okay. not his job to say to her, this is your job. I don't think that's exactly what you said, but I was like, ooh, I don't like that nope. part. But I do think mm-hmm. like for her, what I would offer is, yeah, man, you guys need to learn as much as you can about how ADHD affects a relationship and okay. the role that each of you is going to end up playing. Because people have done this before. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like this is not, this is not, uh, you know, brand new territory that is, I mean, it, so there is, there is information and there are resources out there. I do remember that Ari Tuckman said he was actually not ambivalent about it at all. He said, medication is a big deal. Like, oh yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You, the lowest hanging fruit is to manage medicated. through medication, you know, yeah, because of yeah. the way the brain works. And again, people are like, oh, I don't want to take meds. I'm like, if you had arthritis, you would. Yeah. Like, Yep. You would take, Get it. you know, so if you had high blood pressure, yeah. you like, would, oh, I don't I mean, want to take there's a lot of things high that blood pressure. Do. Nobody yeah. says that. Mm. Actually, actually, okay. actually, it's not true. Everybody says that John, <laughs> yeah. John has this one statistic about how people notoriously do not take the medication that they should take to help them. Yeah. Anyway, this, well, the statistic is that you are more likely and more consistent to give your pet medication oh, than you are to take your own medication. <laughs> forget where I read that, but I believe um, it though. People are crazy about yeah. that. Okay. So here's how I feel about it. Okay. And it has to do with how you phrased it okay. is that it is not this gentleman, Chad, that I'm naming him. Mm-hmm. Chad and Karen are going to be our go-to names of callers. In 2022, <laughs> we're changing their names in 2023. I, I'm tired okay. of Karen and Chad, Chad and Karen. Yeah. Okay. So Chad, yes, you are the one that has been diagnosed with ADHD, but like you said, Zach, it is something that you're protecting your relationship from. So it's externalizing it from something that is inside of you. Mm-hmm. Great that you are doing everything you can to manage your symptoms, to learn about it, whatever it might be. But it is also this third entity in the relationship. And therefore, I think that mm-hmm. his wife also also should be responsible for learning as much as she can about being the partner of someone who has ADHD or where ADHD is a part of the relationship. Totally. Just like it could be depression. Yes, your partner may be depressed, but you are also in relationship and it's impacting your relationship that you have 100% responsibility for, meaning that you also need to educate yourself on how to manage those symptoms so that it doesn't collapse the relationship? How do you put up healthy boundaries around the relationship so it does not permeate? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. I mean, because because you're in a relationship, the the disease is a disease that the relationship has. Right. So exactly. Boom. I think we did a good job answering that one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I am on a quest to get my ducks in order this year. I have a mile long list of miscellaneous tasks that need my attention and I am vowing to finally purge those closets, finish the taxes and get started on our house remodel. One task that I can check off in less than 10 minutes and clear my conscience is to finally secure my term life insurance policy through Fabric by Gerber Life. We all said that we would get a policy once we started a family, and here we are, seven years later. Well, no more. It takes less than 10 minutes to apply. See your quote, and then personalize your quote to your family's needs. You could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. And while you're at it, you can use Fabric to establish a will, college savings fund, and many other tools to support and protect your family's financial future. Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Apply today in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com.
facebook.com forward slash MTR. That's meet fabric and EET fabric.com forward slash MTR. Next question is from Karen. Uh, who can't stop thinking about your toenails right is now. Just saying. Really struggling. Uh, again, okay. there's another situation where there's a lot of external stress. A lot of it is based around fertility um, or cancer or, uh, but there's just a lot of trauma. There's trauma and loss. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that again is a massive thing that I'm seeing a lot more. I think because people are having permission to talk about it. People have permission to talk about trauma and loss in ways that they have not had in say generations past for sure. Um, okay. and maybe in years past based on the fact that we all went through this giant collective trauma called, you know, pandemic shutdown, whatever it is and made us mm -hmm. look inward and stuff. So, um, I guess for me, it becomes, if there's a question, there's not really a direct question. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Um, right. which I think kind of is the right question. Um, how do you help people manage trauma and loss and grief, uh, while trying to maintain sanity in a relationship? I just asked Karen's question. Okay. What do you think? For her. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind, and I don't think in her, her question, she mentioned anything about trauma and she didn't mention anything around grief, but those were the words that we labeled her experiences of what she's been going through, what her relationship has gone through is trauma and grief. Yep. And my gut well, instinct yeah, certainly was, traumas. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think she even said, we've gone to therapy and it didn't work, which was like, I was like, well, mm -hmm. okay, let's talk about that question. Mm -hmm. We went to therapy and it didn't mm -hmm. work. Did you go? Well, we makes me think you went to couples therapy. And the first thing that I was imagining was, wow, it's really hard to do couples therapy when you are struggling with your own personal journey mm -hmm. of grief and loss and trauma. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes couples will come to me and they will say, They'll lay everything out on the table and say, this happened in our lives. This happened in our lives. This happened in our lives. I'm here. He's there. We're in all these different experiences. And I would, I would probably say to me, it sounds like a journey that you need to process individually. Hmm. That I, I know that the goal is we want to come together in a deeper relationship and a deeper partnership. We want to fix our relationship. But I'm also thinking to myself, to me, grief is such an individual journey that you're going on. It's a really challenging thing to try and do with another individual. Mm -hmm. If you are on your own journey mm -hmm. at your own pace in your own Valley, mm -hmm. maybe that's a time for you to spend some time by yourself working through your own grief and trauma. Yeah, of course. That's a great idea. I mean, I think, I think we relationships go better period when functional adults show up to do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if, grief or trauma is in the way, um, that can be problematic. The thing about grief is the, there are stages of grief that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross outlined. Um, generally the last stage is acceptance. Um, and historically those stages have been understood to be linear. And I think what we're realizing more and more is that they're not, um, mm -hmm. there's bargaining, there's, there's denial, there's anger, there's depression, and mm -hmm. there's not a straight line through those things. I think you can bounce around, bounce around. I think sending an email like that we got is a version of bargaining. It's like, mm. what can I do? What, how does this work? And what's the thing? Like I'll mm -hmm. trade, you know, and I think part of what we have to figure out how to do is to allow those things to be alive and to breathe 
And then to get to the part where you sort of own and accept, this is the life that I have. This is what I've got to work with. And now I'm going to do that work. Um, but yeah, it's unpredictable and it's jarring. Uh, I think, which is why, um, you know, doing the individual work that you're describing is really important. I know that personally I have found a lot of comfort in learning how to meditate. And I would say I've actually, mm. I am actually learning how to meditate. I'm I don't tell people, Oh, I meditate or I think you should try meditating. I, mm -hmm. I say you should learn how to do it because what, what that process is, is it's really about being at home. And I was about to say at peace, but it's being at home with all of the conflicting sensations that you have, and then trying to make sense of that in a way that, that, that your body can contain trauma is embodied. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really important to get back in touch with your body and the kind of the mm -hmm. core of meditation is about breath, of course. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know, those are, those are, there's a lot of like, I don't know, sort of cloudy answers, but, but mm -hmm. I think the heart of it is the same, which is kind of even the same as the last question, which is get to know as much as you can about trauma and grief. Mm -hmm. Um, so that when you look at the portfolio of your life and you see all these struggles around fertility and around, you know, uh, mental health and around, uh, cancers on the list, like you can have mm -hmm. a space to work from confidently. Okay. I have another more thought, confidently. which is, I imagine couples constantly feeling the frustration of we're not hitting the mark. We don't feel close and connected. We haven't been able to have sex. We haven't had any time alone together. The time that we do have is spent fretting and concerning about all of these other things. And I'm imagining that they have this direction that they plotted years ago mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. the trauma and the grief hit mm -hmm. them That's and that they're point. still setting their sights on this is what we intended for. This is what we always had in our sights and constantly feeling like they're falling short or they're just getting further and further away from where they intended. And I think reorienting yourself to where the new goal needs to be is like, Hey, we're in a season. And I will oftentimes have couples do that several times a year is like, you're in a season, which means that we need to figure out what's the new goal. Mm. You, if you get injured, you like as a, as an athlete, you get injured. It's like, okay, what's the new goal? Mm. You can, you're not going to mm. do a hundred mile bike ride. Mm. So what is the new goal yeah. and how do you reorient yourself? So that would be kind of a question that I would have is given the circumstances of mm. the season of life that you're in right now, what are the two of you aiming for that yeah. feels like you can succeed and you can celebrate today. the joys and the wins today? Yeah. Or this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not forever. Okay. All right. Number Crushing three. Crushing it. All right. Um, <laughs> hope that was helpful, Karen. And then, uh, yeah, this last email is uh, pretty intense. There's a lot going on. Um, and I love kind of how it starts, which is, I'm currently in therapy. And after seven weeks, I told my therapist, I've had enough talking about my relationship. I want to get into the grit and grime of why I react and respond the way I do. And how do I mm -hmm. correct my behavior? And I'll just say Love straight that. up, like that is exactly the best use of individual therapy. Um, yep. Don't go to individual therapy to work on your relationship. Go to individual therapy to work on you. And then mm -hmm. let's hope that the relationship responds. Um mm -hmm. That said, there's a lot going on in this relationship that feels out of control for him. It's a he that's mm -hmm. writing. It's um, 
That's <laughs> Chad. That's writing. So yeah, there are some things that I'm interested in kind of exploring, particularly around some of the, like I said, the low hanging fruit. Oh, oh, was there a question in there? The question is, how do I gently and genuinely start communicating while not having her harsh responses activate my natural instinct to shut down when I'm trying to connect and communicate? So he's trying mm-hmm. to deal with her, sort of her harshness. Um, mm-hmm. And she does appear in this description to be kind of a, what we would call a leaning out partner. Um, uh-huh. She's got relationships that are that he's not connected to. She's got friends that aren't supportive of the marriage. She's, she's actually indicating perhaps that she wants a divorce. So he's in a tough, tough spot. Um, Mm -hmm. Because part of this is a tough one. Well, it it just sort of reminds me of man. And I can't remember who wrote it. It may, it might be Michelle Wiener Davis um, is talking about the leaning out partner, the leaning in partner. And what do you do? So if he's the leaning in partner, he's saying, I want to fix this. I'll do whatever it takes to make this relationship work. Mm -hmm. The leaning out partner often is unmotivated is, uh, just kind of hanging out on the fence, but not really digging in. And I will tell you that most of the time leaning out partners get to that place because they poured everything they possibly Mm -hmm. could into the relationship Mm -hmm. and they're tapped. They are done. I have a lot of empathy for leaning out partners, oh. even though it's really hard when you have mixed agenda partners walk into your office. Oh. Um, so with the leaning out partner. I love that, by the way. I think that's like that. I'm going to think about that a lot. Hmm. What? What piece? The part about having empathy for leaning out partners. I tend to be oh, yeah. more direct with them. I'm like, you got to figure it out or not figure it out. But I go, you, you know, you're holding the cards here. But I think yeah. maybe that's even advice for him. Does he need to generate empathy for the work that she has done mm-hmm. prior to the fruitless work that she believes that she has done right. prior to him generating this email or him going to therapy? You know, wouldn't that be such an incredible shift where he's like, I'll do anything. I'll go to therapy. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do more chores around the house. I'll be more engaged with the kids. I'll, I will, you know, like put my phone down during dinner. I will lean in. I'll initiate sex. I'll do all these things. And he knows the things, by the way, now we're making up stories about who this chat is. Cause now we're talking about leaning in, leaning out, but the truth is pretty close, generally yeah. right. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, pretty close that if he was to instead stop focusing on her, mm-hmm. what can I do to shift her or help her move in? Cause that's generally what they want to do is I want my partner in. What can I do to convince my partner to lean in? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Michelle Wiener Davis. that says, stop, stop chasing. Mm-hmm. The chase is what's going to push them over the edge. Mm-hmm. Instead, turn your attention and focus on yourself. Well, to his credit, that's the top of his email, exactly right? Exactly like, what so, he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do more of that. But also I think we landed on something really important, which is how do you empathize mm-hmm. with her experience that got her to the place leaning out? Mm-hmm. And how do you also validate her experience? Like it makes sense to me mm-hmm. why you're leaning out. Mm-hmm. And now there's compassion and softness, um, which I think is, you know, the, the push pull that you get of what we call like the, the distancer pursuer distancer pattern. Yeah. Yeah. The pursuer distancer pattern is when you stop pursuing, they stop distancing. Mm -hmm. And by stopping the pursuit, it's pursue yourself instead, Chad, Mm -hmm. which luckily you've already tapped into. 
And I think fundamentally there are still boundaries that you want in place, particularly if there are boundaries around, I'm trying to find the right word. It's not fidelity and it's not faithfulness, but it is like tolerable safety, you know, like, Mm. um, particularly if he needs to create space for her, but she's using that space to go be with people who don't support the marriage or to flirt with other people or who to, you know, even Mm. talk to her lawyer, you know, what is the agreement that they can make so that she can, so that they can understand they're, they're doing the same thing. You know, Mm. maybe she needs the permission to say, yeah, between now and the end of January, I'm kind of figuring out what's up. And that means I, Mm -hmm. I'm not accountable to you. But then on February 1, and February is the new January. Um, on February one, <laughs> we um, we we sit down, we revisit, we kind of re- revisit the contract, or revisit terms. I love that you you're talking about what is the word that you used? Uh, something boundary or tolerable, tolerable safety? I think I said tolerable safety. I, that I was like, wow. I think you need to put that in your book, or you know, whatever. How maybe we need to revisit this on another podcast, yeah. but. It is important it's literally the first time I've ever said that phrase. So I don't know if. I, yeah, so. I know. I just needed you to know that it was gold. Oh, it was thanks. a golden nugget. Um, and I think we need to tease it out more, but the leaning in partner would do just about anything. And I see this a lot with affairs too, of the partner who, um, the harmed, excuse me, the, how do we say that? If you're not There's the a harmed, harmed partner, partner and the involved partner, involved partner. Thank you. If the involved partner is leaning into the relationship, I want to do everything I can to uh, rebuild trust. I want you to, I not, I don't oftentimes, they don't say, I want you to forgive me. They want to be forgiven, mm-hmm. right? They want to move past this. They want to rebuild the relationship. They will just about do anything. And at the same time, you still need to hold boundaries that are acceptable in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like your partner doesn't get to go out and have, let's just say non-consensual sex with another person to hurt you in this period of trying to heal mm-hmm. or understand where the relationship is, there needs to be some boundaries in place and talk about that. Yeah. I mean, unless they get to, I mean, I guess maybe consensual um, is the word that you're keying on, but if that's part of the deal, that's part of the deal. But it, I think it should be by agreement for sure. Yeah. I don't know where I went with that last idea, but it's all right. Yeah. It's all food for thought as we reflect on, the year behind us and anticipate the year in front of us. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for, uh, you know, 2022 and I'm looking forward to 2023 and I'm looking forward to finding out what your word's going to be. I want to know what our listeners word is going to be. I know. So I don't know when this is coming out, but I have a whole, almost a whole month to think about what 2023 is going to be. Um, yeah, this is December 27th. Oh, that's when this episode's coming yeah. out, the 27th yeah. of December. Neato. Yeah. So how about this? It comes out on the 27th. Shoot us your words uh-huh. and we'll start uh-huh. 2023 with a conversation around uh, how to lean into themes uh, and words Ooh, and like whatever else. Because I think there could be lots of uh, food, uh, lots of, lots more food for thought there. Okay. All right. I, I, I have to share this thought before we go um, because I, I feel like I'll forget it by December 27th. Okay. <laughs> Um, is I, I was talking to my mother-in-law, Judy Heck, just needed her to be in the mm, she thinks episode I'm hilarious. one more time. <laughs> and she, I was telling her about, I said, I really need to develop a bucket list. That mm. feels really important to me to give some direction. 
And I was explaining to her some of my bucket list items and she was really pushing back, love her to pieces because she's such a thoughtful woman. And she was asking me, do you really think that you need to go to Japan to explore and discover and blah, blah, blah. And she was sort of teasing away what I was putting as the the main event, which is going to Japan. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what are you chasing? Mm. What is the actual experience that you're wanting to get out of that? I thought that was such an interesting thought process that we could go through in maybe teasing out like, well, what do I want if, if I finished out 2023 and I said, damn, that was a great year. Mm-hmm. I really crushed it. What are the things that you did or experiences you had or relationships you developed that you look back on and you say, wow, you really crushed it. And then teasing that even further is like, okay, well, I had the experience of let's say going and golfing in Scotland. Okay. Well, what was the value underneath that? Or why did you enjoy that so much? Was it that you're pushing yourself or excelling or experiencing something uh, that was really challenging for you? Was it, you know, whatever it might be. And I'll tell you, looking back on 2022, the year of competition, for me, it all came down to discipline. Mm -hmm. Do I have the discipline to compete in these experiences? And so discipline probably should have been my word, Mm. but I chose competition, but I'm going to refine for 2023 and we're going to get something even better. Yeah. We've talked about the difference between some people who train to race and some people who race to train. Like Uh you chose competition, which I would say is a race. And Uh what you got was training. Yeah. You got discipline. I raced, I raced to train. Yeah. And the training is the best part. I don't care about the races. I I really enjoy just 40 miles. (laughs) Dick. Okay. <laughs> just opt on. out because I can't handle it anymore. I'm just kidding. My soft tissue <laughs> is Stancy Bear. All right. Happy Bye. New Year, everybody. We will see you in 2023 and I uh, appreciate you hanging out with us this year and we'll talk to you soon. After Laura says, land this plane. <laughs> yeah, let's land this plane. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. We really do want to hear and compile your word for 2023. Send it to us. Either you can hit up the Instagram um, and Zach will compile that, or you can send an email to me. It's info at marriagetherapyradio.com. I think our Instagram is Marriage Therapy Radio. Can't wait to see what all of you are focusing and setting your intentions on in 2023. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.